welcome to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I am your host, Kim Smith, and we're on episode 142, Encouraging Others to Stay Strong in Their Faith. How are you doing today? I have no idea when you might be listening to this. It might be right after I recorded, or it might be years in the future. That's one of the things about sending a podcast out into the universe. You have no idea when God may place that podcast in front of someone. I'm going to begin this broadcast in a different way than I usually do. I am specifically going to pray. I'm going to pray that God will place this in front of each person who needs to hear it, And I'm going to pray that God does that at the exact time that it will accomplish his best purpose. And I think you'll understand more as you follow through. So, dear Father, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you, dear Father, for what you've done in my life even over the last seven days and how you are stirring this particular message in me in my heart, in my soul, in my mind. And dear Father, I pray that you would ordain the time, the place, the date for which each person who needs to hear this message, dear Father, that you would place it in their path, that you would open up their spiritual eyes and ears. You would give them your attitude towards sin. You would release them to believe and you would transform their lives into shining examples of your grace and mercy. Dear Father, I pray for each person that needs to be the one doing the encouraging. I pray, dear Father, that you would open up our spiritual eyes and ears. I pray that you would quicken our spirits. I pray, dear Father, that you would point us to the people who need your divine encouragement, whether it be today, whether it be five months from now, or whether it be 15 years from now. Dear Father, I pray that you would help us to have our radars up, that we would not be so involved in our own stuff, that we would truly seek you, your will, your purpose, your plan. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. It's so interesting to me just how God works. So in the midst of the prayer, hadn't thought a thing about It's a Wonderful Life. So I am recording this podcast at the beginning of the Christmas season in 2021. And I in no way, shape, or form, was thinking about It's a Wonderful Life, but it fits in with our theme of today, and that is encouraging others to stay strong in their faith. Now, specifically in that movie, George Bailey, we don't see him as this great man of faith. We see him a great man of humanity, a great man who went above and beyond for so many But what we do see is a man who needed encouragement, a man who needed people to stand in the gap, a man who needed people there to just wake him up and help him to see that he was worth much more than he believed. 
and to see that there was a light. I, as I've been preparing for this lesson, God has been working in my own heart. God has been reminding me through circumstances and situations during these last few days. He's been reminding me of how much he is at work when we have no clue what he's doing in and through us. Our lesson for today is, is short. It's not a, a long set of scriptures, but they pack a punch in the message that it brings. So let's do just a little backtracking. So we've been talking about King Saul. We've been in 1 Samuel for quite some time now. We've been talking about King Saul and how much he hates David. He is so jealous of David. We have talked before about the relationship between King Saul's oldest son, Jonathan, and David. The fact that they loved each other. They they were willing to, to wage war with others on behalf of the other one. They were standing in the gap. Um, Jonathan, oh, what an example he is. If you go down through the scriptures and you just see just the tender heart that he had, especially toward David, but he had a tender heart toward God. One of our earliest times of learning about Jonathan, if not the earliest, was a situation where Saul and his army were refusing to move forward because in their minds they were only looking through eyes of humanity, not eyes of faith. They're like, there's no way we can win. And Jonathan and his assistant, they take off and they go wage war themselves. And it was all because Jonathan was seeing through the eyes of faith. Well, a few weeks ago, we saw that Saul was just off the tracks. He hates David and he will not stop until he gets to him. He hates him so much that he threatened to kill Jonathan because of his friendship with him. He's that far gone. And we had a very tearful, very sweet goodbye that we discussed a few weeks back. And then now we get this very quick glimpse. So Saul's been chasing David. David is on the run. David has been in the first of the caves. David has gotten together not that he's been trying, he's not been trying to rally the troops, but he's ended up with quite a few troops. I think it's about 600 men we were talking last week. But Saul is just continuing pursue, to pursue. And what's going to happen is either Saul's going to die or David's going to die because Saul's not going to give up until David is dead or Saul is dead. And we have this, this, this moment where in 1 Samuel 23, 15 to 18, we see one day near Horish, David received news that Saul was on the way to Ziph to search for him and kill him. So like we could just frame that verse and just put it into each chapter because the only thing that changes is the place. Saul is in hot pursuit. And that's the reason that in our additional resources, I have some information about stalking because Saul was a stalker. He was stalking David, and not only was he stalking him, but you've got to realize that he had an entire army doing his stalking for him. 
And so that part of the story is no different, but it's verse 16 that I want you to pay attention to. Jonathan went to find David and encouraged him to stay strong in his faith in God. Don't be afraid, Jonathan reassured him. My father will never find you. You are going to be the king of Israel and I will be next to you as my father Saul is well aware. So the two of them renewed their solemn pact before the Lord. Then Jonathan returned home while David stayed at Horus. And this is the last time that we see the two interacting. Ah, Jonathan. Jonathan is the son of the king. Jonathan, in human terms, is the heir apparent to the throne of Israel. But instead of being so puffed up and only thinking about himself, which is what Saul does, Jonathan risked his life again to go and tell David, I want you to stay strong in your faith in God. And he reassures him that he is going to become king. The part that Jonathan does not know is he will not be standing by David's side. But the humility in Jonathan, Jonathan if David is king, that means Jonathan is not. But Jonathan doesn't seem to have that ambition. He seems to be so focused on being God's man where God planted him and encouraging David to be that leader, that strong leader that Jonathan knows that he can be and that God is going to enable him to be. And Jonathan risked his life just to tell David be strong in your faith. How many times have you had somebody go out of their way to just give you a word of encouragement in your faith? How many times have you had people, even if they didn't go out of their way, but they encouraged you in your faith? I was in my first year of seminary and it was tough. I was about 650 miles, 650 miles away from the people that I knew, the place I grew up. And I could use some encouragement in that time. Now, nobody necessarily knew that, but the whole fact that somebody left their hometown to go to seminary and had never been away from there for before, that should have kind of been a clue, you know, but how many times are we not paying attention to those big life changes and how those can affect others? And there was a lady from my hometown who had, had been an encouragement to me and to so many others for so long, but she, wrote me. She wrote me a letter of encouragement. Really looking back on it, I think she may have written me a couple of letters of encouragement. She had no idea what, how those mattered during those seasons of time. I remember also really a, a very unique time where I was going through a lot of stuff and Really, the majority of people in the world had no idea, but God laid it on the heart of a young man who I had been privileged to teach, and he wrote me the sweetest letter of encouragement. 
And when you get those, and you know that there is no way that these people know how important this is to your life, and you know it literally came from the hand of God through their hands, it can change your life. It can change your attitude. It can change your direction. It reminds you that God is at work and he has not forgotten you. Jonathan did that for David. Jonathan went out of his way. He knew that David was more than likely discouraged. He was tired of running. He was tired of hiding from a mentally unstable Saul. And Jonathan went above and beyond. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Are you doing that? Are you looking? I mean today. Have you been looking? Have you had a focus looking for those that you need to encourage in their faith? Whether it be on social media, whether it be at work, whether it be in your church family, whether it be in your house. Have you been intentional about looking for people who need that encouragement? Our weekly assignment feature I want to mention now because I want you to be thinking about it as we continue through the scriptures that we're going to go over. It says prayerfully choose one person to encourage in his or her faith this week. I want you to just take some time and submit to God and say, God, I don't know exactly what you need me to do, but I'm willing. I'm willing to be a Barnabas. If you don't know who Barnabas is, Barnabas was the son of encouragement. I mean, he was the, the fella that was known as the encourager. And he not only was an encouragement to the Apostle Paul in many, many ways, he was an encouragement to his cousin John Mark, who wrote the Gospel of Mark, and many, 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 many others. When people look at you, would they possibly think of you as the son or daughter of encouragement? Or would they think of you as the son or daughter of discouragement? Does a black cloud follow you where you come instead of the light of the gospel shining through you? As I was thinking about this, I thought of the fact that we're on episode 142. And... We began this podcast back in the early days, back when it was still called, I almost forgot the name, A Country Girl in a City World Loving Jesus. We began with the book of Joshua, which is absolutely one of my favorite books. I did a Bible study on it. Um, I had an online Bible study up for a long time. But God brought me back to what more than likely was episode two. Back in the day, I, I remember what episode one was, but episode two, more than likely, was in Joshua 1. And I bring this up, and I want to read through it because I want to, I want to remind you. 
to think about those times that you needed spiritual encouragement the most. I can't say that every time, but a good portion of those times were in a time of transition. And it doesn't always have to be a negative transition. For instance, a divorce. I mean, that's just an obvious one where someone will need spiritual encouragement. They will need prayer and they will need encouragement. But it could be when somebody gets married. A delightful time, but a challenging time nonetheless. It could be when somebody loses a job. It could be when someone gets a new job. It could be when someone has ended a relationship or when they've begun a relationship. Those transitional times are just an obvious point of they are going to need encouragement. One of the reasons that people need encouragement when things are going well is what happens to so many when their life is going well? Any guesses? They forget God because they're not in that I need to depend upon him every minute of every day, whether it's financially, whether it is emotionally, whether it's physically. And they feel self-sufficient. They just really kind of forget him. That's one of the reasons that on even positive transitions, reminding them to stay strong in their faith, reminding them to stay strong in his word. Woo! Joshua 1. So the setting is Moses, the leader of the Israelites, the earthly leader of the Israelites, had, had died. And Joshua, son of Dun, who was Moses' assistant, God had tapped him to be the next leader of Israel. Now, God knows Joshua, and God knows that he is no Moses, just the same that Moses is no Joshua. They are both leaders. They're just leaders of a different type. And God knew that Joshua was going to need encouragement. And not only did God give Joshua encouragement himself, himself which is the most important encouragement, but he also motivated the people that Joshua was leading to give him encouragement as well. So let's just read down through some of this, and I want you to be thinking, who are those people in your life that need encouragement? Who are those people that are at transitional places? Maybe they got a job promotion. Maybe they got a job demotion. Maybe they just moved. Like, Keep thinking about all the different transitional points. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you from the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Just imagine you have just taken on the responsibility 
of being the earthly leader for, I don't know how many there were at that time, two million people. It, there was a bunch of people. There were a bunch of people. No doubt about it. They had wandered through the wilderness for 40 years because of their disobedience, and God was now ushering them into the promised land. There were a lot of people. And Joshua was walking into this. Joshua had been in leadership, but he had been the military leader, not the go-to for everything. And God knows that he needs encouragement at this particular time. And God gives it to him straight. God will encourage you in your spirit. Are you listening? Are you setting aside time daily, daily, to get into God's word and to sit in it, to really allow it to change you, to listen to him? If you are feeling discouraged at this moment, no matter the circumstances, get into his word. And if you have no idea where to start, email me at encouragingothersinlovingjesus at gmail.com. I will be more than willing to help you get started. That's one of the things that God really was working in my heart, the importance of people having spiritual coaches, people who are willing to invest in them and get them started or walk them to the next level in their spiritual walk. Verse six, be strong and courageous for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors. I will give them, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. The next verse is the most popular verse, the most quoted verse in all of the book of Joshua. We're going to stop on eight for a moment. Study the book, this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. If you are discouraged, get into God's word. And if you do not know what you're doing, talk to somebody. Get with somebody who you know does have a walking, talking, everyday relationship with God and say, I need help. God just flat told Joshua that he wanted him to, to meditate on the word that he had already given to Moses and to, to not depart from it. And as we see in the book of Joshua, which again, I just love the book, Joshua is such a strong leader. Does he, is he perfect? He's not perfect, but he tries to listen to God's voice and he tries to seek him and he tries to lead the people to do just that. Are you in God's word? Number one, if you are discouraged, you need to be in God's word. Number two, if you are to be an encouragement to others, which I've just hit everybody who's in within the sound of my voice. If you are to be an encouragement to others, you need to be in God's word because how are you going to encourage him, him or her, 
How are you going to encourage them to be strong in their faith if you do not know the instruction book? If you do not know what God's word says, so that if somebody is really struggling with, oh, God couldn't love me, God can't forgive me, if you don't know God's word and cannot use it as a tool to help them know what truth is, your encouragement is not going to be all that it could be because you need to know God's word in order to encourage others in it. Okay. Verse 9, the most popular verse in all of the book of Joshua. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And even though that was a promise for Joshua at that season of time, all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. And you can claim that. God will be with you wherever you go as long as you are choosing to go with him. Verse 10, Joshua then commanded the officers of Israel, go through the camp, tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days, you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you. Then Joshua called together the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. And he told them, remember what Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. The Lord your God is giving you a place of rest. He's given you this land. And, and I'll skip ahead a little bit. Verse 16, so God himself has encouraged Joshua. Then Joshua has encouraged the people. And now in verse 16, listen to what God does for Joshua. They, being the people of Israel that he was talking to, the leadership, they answered Joshua, we will do whatever you command us and we will go wherever you send us. We will obey you just as we obeyed Moses. And may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Anyone rebels against your orders and does not obey your words, everything you command will be put to death. So be strong and courageous. Not only did God himself encourage Joshua in this crucial season of time, but God encouraged Joshua through the people that he was called to lead. They're not known for being a bunch of encouragers. Just read the Old Testament. And yet God breathed through them encouragement to his servant, Joshua. Who is it that God is laying on your heart right this very moment that you need to be an encourager for? And what is God laying on your heart to encourage them with? It may be something so simple as that you are truly praying for them like that you have set aside time and you are going to as part of your daily bible study you are going to concentrate and focus on praying for them pray that they will be holy as god is holy pray that they will grow in his word and in his truth Pray that they will be strong and courageous, that they will not be afraid or dismayed, and that they will be reminded daily that the Lord their God is with them wherever they go. Pray that they will have wisdom in each and every circumstance and situation. Pray that when they are discouraged, that God himself will encourage them and or God will send others into their path to encourage them to be strong in their faith. Who is it? 
Who is God bringing to your mind? 1 Corinthians 16, 13, it says, Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. That's what we are encouraging people to do. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And since the writing of Hebrews is drawing much more near. One of the things that can cause the best encouragement is when you are plugged into a group of believing people. If you are a Lone Ranger Christian and you are listening to my podcast today, I'm thankful you're listening. I promise you, I am thankful that you are listening. But you need to get plugged in to a group of believers. You can start with two or three, but you need to be a part of a church. A church is not a building. A church is a group of believers called to meet together, to study God's word, to hold each other accountable, to encourage each other. You may say, well, I watch, I watch such and such preacher on TV. You may be watching one that really does preach God's word, but there are so many out there who do not. But even if you are, you are missing out on the New Testament concept of the church. We are the body. We are to worship together. We are to serve together. We are to encourage one another. Are you a part of a local body? Is it possible to be a part of an online group? Yes, I, I know that that is a possibility. I know that you can be a part of an online community, such as maybe She Reads Truth. Um, there, there are good communities out there. And like that's a good first step. But you need to be a part of a group where you see people. It's one thing to have community online. It's another thing to like breathe the same air, to be in the same room, and to face up to each other. So very interesting. Each week that now my Sunday school class is able to now meet in person, or at least a good portion of us. Now I've got a good group that's still online as well, but it's just amazing because myself and those in my class, we don't all think alike. Hallelujah! Because I surely don't want them all to think like me, and I don't want to think like all of them. Like, we are all flawed human beings, but it's so interesting to me. When I will toss something out, and somebody at the table will bring up something that I've never even thought of. We need that kind of community. We need to be together. How do we encourage others? We encourage others in community. One of the challenges that David was facing that may have caused Jonathan to go out of his way, number one, because he loved him, but number two is he knows that David is out there and David is he's not on his own exactly because he has some of his family and he has this ragtag bunch of men that have followed him. But 
when it comes to strong believers in God. I don't know if David had that kind of people. He may have, but I doubt they were having Bible study out in the cave. I just, I doubt it. Jonathan goes out of his way to encourage him. You may have people that you got to track down because you haven't seen them in church in so long or they've just kind of dropped off the radar. Who is it? Who is God bringing to your mind? Or is God bringing to your mind the person you see in the mirror each day and you realize, I'm the one that walked away. No wonder I am living in discouragement. No wonder when Christ says that he will give us life and life more abundantly, I do not feel like I am living that abundant life. We are meant to live in community. We are meant to worship together. We are meant to study God's word together. We are meant to share life together. This, this podcast has taken some interesting twists and turns for me, which is my life. When I open my mouth to start teaching, whether it be a devotional, whether it be this podcast, whether it be my Sunday school lesson, I never know where God is going to take it. And I'm happy with that because, especially on this podcast, like it's different when I'm in Sunday school and I'm looking at faces and I'm looking at names on the screen and I'm also knowing the ones that are going to see it later. Like I have some clue where they are in life. Not totally, but some clue. But with you all, I have no idea. I do not know if you are tuning in from Indonesia, Australia, Europe, or down the street from my house. I don't know where you are spiritually as well. I have no idea. You may be an atheist who goes, I just want to hear your country voice. Like, I don't know why, why you came to this place. Except that God brought you here. Now, what are you going to do about it? Are you discouraged? And you need God himself to encourage you? And then you need people with skin on to encourage you in your faith. Get plugged into a community. And again, email me, encouragingothersandlovingjesus at gmail.com. I will help you find a community. Like, I, you need to be in community. Are you feeling very strongly that the reason you are listening today is because God wants you to be more proactive about being an encourager. That you have just been wandering through, focused on your own life, focused on your own challenges, and you may very well have missed people who are in transitions of all types, where they, they may have not intended to go down a dark road, but they may be sitting at a dead end street. I've been uh, listening to a lot of audiobooks and I, I bring those up sometimes. And the one that I was re listening to this morning, it's uh, 
the main the main character, her husband has died, and she loved the Lord, and she was very strong in her faith. So was her husband. And her husband dies, and in in the grief process, she pours herself into serving in a local church. So give her credit; she's in a local church. But what she had been able to do was hide. Like she had served and served and served. And nobody realized that her relationship to God had pretty much gone out the window. Like she would go and physically be a part of the body, but was not in relationship with God. You have no idea how many ministers fall into that same trap where they preach on Sunday mornings or whenever, but they do not have a living, breathing relationship with God. They study only to impart a lesson or a sermon, and they don't have their lives transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ on a daily basis. If that is you, hear God saying, O sinner, come home. People wander away. You and I need to be proactive about looking for the lost sheep and going after them. We are God's hand and feet. And just as he did with Joshua, he can choose to encourage someone directly. But he also uses you and I as his instruments for the benefit of the person being encouraged and also for the benefit of the encourager. To have someone reach out to you and say you have no idea what, what the words that you said, how that affected me and what is going on in my life. If someone has been an encouragement to you, reach out to them and say thank you. Like there are so many application points to this particular lesson. I want to meet Jonathan when I get to heaven. He is definitely high on my list. He has no idea that so many years later, after his death, that his friendship with David and his continued encouragement of David when he has to risk his life to do it, could encourage a group of believers in 2021 and beyond to go out of our way, to encourage others to be strong in their faith. In the additional resources down below, I put a few different websites that I found in the midst of looking. I found one, Five Ways to Encourage Your Friend in Their Faith. It's by Dawson McAllister. It's at thehopeline.com. And then also at thehopeline.com, there's topics about faith. It says how to keep and rebuild faith during struggles. And I had never heard of the Hopeline, but it was very interesting what I found there. There's all sorts of links. And so there's some good stuff there. And you may be able to use it for yourself or you may be able to use it to what? Encourage others in their faith. We've never had the title of a lesson 
match so closely to the title of our podcast, Encouraging Others and Loving Jesus. I had to grin. For 142, 142 opportunities that God has given me to speak his word and to encourage others. Be strong in the Lord. Be very courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. A reminder, we have a Facebook group. It's called Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. You can request admittance. The information is in the show notes down below. Again, reach out if you've got questions, concerns, comments. Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus at gmail.com. We will be back together next week with another episode. But as always, remember, it's always a trust and obey kind of day.